The Rookie Leaders Podcast, Episode 13, The Transformative Leader with Amir Ganad. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. So grab your notebook, a pen, and your bulletproof coffee as we explore the leadership lessons every leader needs to master. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello everyone. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. As always, I'm blessed and honored that you're listening in. Thrilled that you're tuned in today. I have a very special episode for you today. I get to introduce you to uh, a new friend, Amir Ganat. Before I do that, let me uh, jump into a few housekeeping items. As always, you will find the show notes at rookieleaders.com. That's rookieleaders.com. I certainly hope that while you're there, you will also subscribe to the podcast. Various different ways you can subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast Player, um, as well as uh, Google uh, Google Store, Google Play Store, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. I think it's on Pandora. Several different places. iHeartRadio, I believe. Uh, if you'll head over to RookieLeaders.com, you'll see the options there for subscribing to the podcast. Highly recommend you do that. That way you make sure that you don't uh, miss any content that we have here on the Rookie Leaders podcast. Let me also tell you that you can head over to CredibleLeaders.com. That's CredibleLeaders.com. There you'll find other great leadership content that we have available for you in the form of blogs, uh, videos, uh, and things like that. So you'll also find links to other podcasts you're on as well. So be sure to check that out at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, as I uh, as I turn the music down there, let me uh, let me say a few words about uh, Amir Ganad, and as I introduce him to you and share uh, this episode with you, this is an interview that I had with Amir, uh, and uh, I really wanted to focus on a, a book that he's the author of called The Transformative Leader. But let me share just a few things about Amir. Amir is a, a leadership development specialist, a cultural transformation catalyst, and the founder of the Ganad Group. It's a consultancy that uh, specializes in guiding leaders and creating extraordinary cultures that deliver breakthrough results and unprecedented fulfillment. Uh, a widely recognized, he's a widely recognized authority in the field of organizational development and a highly sought-after keynote speaker, leadership summits in the U.S. and abroad. Amir has long been a trusted advisor and coach to top-level executives in multiple industries and locations around the world. Amir is the author of The Transformative Leader, which has been shipped to over 30 countries and has received rave reviews from award-winning authors and, excer- and experts in the field of operational excellence and leadership development. Amir also hosts The Transformative Leader podcast and regularly publishes blog posts on leadership and culture transformation 
on the Gnod Group blog. Amir has also been featured in numerous publications and podcasts, many of which you can find on his press page, the, the the Gnod Group's upcoming project, an exclusive membership experience called On the Court Leadership, will be launching in 2020 to the general public. And he'll talk about that in the interview as well. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you. I highly recommend the book, The Transformative Leader. You can find a link to that in the show notes for today's episode. I'm also a regular listener of his podcast. It's mentioned there, The Transformative Leader podcast. Highly uh, recommend that you listen to that, subscribe to that as well. So uh, just can't recommend Amir's content enough. It very much aligns with my leadership development, uh, you know, teachings as well. So I was just thrilled to have him on the podcast. Before I dive in to uh, to the podcast interview with Amir, let me share a few words with you about the sponsor for today's episode. This podcast episode is sponsored by JobStars USA. Are you looking for a new career? Does your resume need a refresh? How's your LinkedIn profile? JobStars USA is a career services practice. That means providing expert resume writing and career coaching for entry-level through executive-level career seekers. Visit CredibleLeaders.com forward slash JobStars for more information and to take advantage of a special discount offered to Rookie Leaders listeners. Use the promo code ROOKIE10. That's ROOKIE10, no spaces, and the number 10, one zero, for a 10% discount. That's CredibleLeaders.com forward slash JobStars and use the promo code ROOKIE10. Now back to our podcast. Amir, it's an honor of mine to welcome you to the podcast. I'm a longtime listener of your your podcast. I'm a, a reader of your book, and so it's a real honor for me to welcome you to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Welcome, Amir. Thank you so much. The pleasure is mine. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share uh, a few thoughts with, with your listeners. Sure. Thank you so much. And so what I wanted to do with the time that I have with you and, and sharing with my audience, I really want to focus on you know, your podcast, but also your book talks about being a transformative leader. And I love the subtitle of your book. It talks about boldly declare, courageously pursue and abundantly achieve the extraordinary. And so I want to talk a lot today with with you and, and for the sake of our audience about your book, The Transformative Leader. And so I think where I want to start, Amir, is just what motivated you to write this book? I, I'm currently in the in the middle of the process of writing a book, and I, I now understand just how difficult that is, how much work is involved there. And I'm sure you can attest to the fact that after you write the book, then the work begins again uh, with promoting it and things like that. So there's a lot of work involved in writing and publishing and putting out a book. What motivated you to write this book? Well, you know, uh, to be completely transparent, the idea of uh, writing this book didn't really start out as, uh, you know, I have a time frame and I'm going to put this book out. It was all about uh, little snippets and thoughts and ideas that I would write down on these post-it notes. And before I knew it, I had like literally hundreds uh, of post-it notes and voice notes and stuff like that. I was in a in a situation where I was in desperate need of uh, developing leadership skills in my people uh, who were actually uh, working in the same organization that I was responsible for. And so I was developing for years and years all this material. And what really sort of uh, sparked uh, this uh, 
idea of putting it in a book was my daughter, who had heard me say one day, someday, I'm going to publish this book, and she wasn't having it. <laughs> and so in 2015, she basically was, she put her foot down and said, look, uh, we're going to publish this book, and if you got some more things, we're going to put it in the second book. So, uh, so she helped me sort of develop an outline, and she took the project on. She developed the the design of the the cover, and she got the book edited, and all kinds of stuff. And and and, and but the idea behind writing those notes and all that was always that I wanted to make a difference for. Uh, people out there who really didn't know where to start where it came to when it came to leadership um, and, and so once this idea of putting it in a book really took shape then my daughter was the one who uh, really researched the whole process and in fact uh, for you and others who might be interested we have a, a free guide that we now share with uh, anybody who's interested on our website uh, that basically put you know uh, puts all of that stuff in a chronological uh, format that says okay if you have an, a, an idea of publishing a book these are the process these are the steps that you got to go through uh, right. so that's how it all came about awesome awesome you know there's so much there to respond to you know th I think the first thing to respond to is uh, I believe it's true now more than ever probably that all great content starts on a post-it note. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's, <laughs> that's the true. case. Uh, and, and I'm encouraged because now I know that uh, to some degree that was your process and in large degree that's my process as well. I'm just uh, gathering years of experience and, and lessons learned and things like that and bringing those together for the purpose of putting them in, in a book. So I'm, in, I'm encouraged by your experience to know I'm kind of following the same path. And, and uh, secondly, I think I would say how incredible – and how powerful it is. I, I fully understand the power that your children can have to spur you on to action as well. Um, it sounds like your children are a lot like mine, that uh, they're very willing to call me when I say one thing, but I do something different, or I don't do the things I am saying. Uh, and it sounds like she was willing to call you on that as well. And we're all the benefit, you know, benefactors of her willingness to push you into uh, into put, uh, publishing this book because I, I believe it's a great book. So, uh, thank you so much, uh, Michael. I tell you I, that the you know I, I have to say that my my kids. I work with my kids, my wife and kids. So we have this consulting firm. All four of us are, are actively a true family uh, business involved in it. Yeah, true family business. Uh, but but I tell you, there's one point that I'd like to make on this because I know that the, there are some statistics that say about eighty percent of people in the U.S. want to write a book and only 1% actually do it. So mm -hmm. I want to just share one little tidbit on this. Yeah, one sure. of the post-it notes that I still have uh, you know, on my wall that I look at every day just about as I enter my office, uh, I wrote down finally one day it hit me. It said, your book is the answer to someone's prayer. Oh, wow. And, and you know, because I, my experience was at the beginning of that process when I was thinking about uh, the the impact that this book is going to have on others, I was writing fast and furious. It was amazing. It was just flowing out of me. And to be completely, uh, you know, authentic and, and open with you, uh, somewhere along the way, I started thinking, wow, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be famous. I might even be rich. Uh, so it all became about me. I'm like, man, I got to get this book out. Right. And And so I would sit down and nothing would come. 
because it was all about me. Right. And, and it took me several weeks to finally get that, look, this doesn't work. This is not about you. It's about making a difference for somebody else. And then once I really shifted my mindset back to the original thinking, which is, look, this is going to make a difference, then it was like there was no stopping me at that point. Oh, that's, that's so good, Amir. And, and I, it'll sound like we're going to get off onto a tangent about writing a book, but uh, I can easily tie this back to leadership and, and I'll do so. But mm-hmm. I know I'm having the exact same experience that you just talked about. If I sit down to write, um, I've got lots of notes in front of me, but if I sit down to write and, and my thought process is me, just like you say, I, I seem to can't write anything. But when I yep. picture that person that I want to teach these leadership lessons to, when I picture that person, you know, and, and typically what I do is, a, is I, I have this picture in mind that I picture that person and, and now I can teach that person it, and the writing just, it just flows. Um, yes. And I know that sounds a lot like, well, well, I thought this was a leadership podcast and here you guys are talking about writing a book, but I would submit to you that leadership is the exact same way. If you yes. focus on you, you won't be leading anyone. But if you focus on the people that are that are following you, the people that you're leading, now you have effective leadership. And I think we'll get into your transformative leadership. I, I think now if you can focus on the people, now you can be a transformative leader. Your thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have the saying that says, I am the one and it's not about me. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, because I am the one has to do with uh, taking full responsibility and accountability, but it cannot be about you. If it's all about you, you cannot be a leader. So you're absolutely right. This has direct application uh, in, in leadership. When you really uh, put your focus on making a difference for somebody else, that is when you really get in action and uh, overcome the obstacles. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to, I want to really kind of dive in to the book. Cause again, the book title is, uh, the transformative leader. Uh, and I'll just say to my audience, I've read the book. It's phenomenal. I highly recommend you go and get the book and you'll find links to the book in the show notes. But Amir, what I would like to give you the opportunity to do here with a few minutes is to just kind of define what is a transformative leader. Uh, that's the very title of the book. So could, if you could just share with the audience in, in your own words, what is a transformative leader? You know, I, I want to start by just saying a couple of words about what it is not, uh, right? Because I think, uh, you know, sometimes when we think of the word leadership, we think of our boss. We think of someone who has a title right. and, and, and authority, and formal authority. And I know your teaching is very much in line with this as well, Michael, in that uh, leadership is not about that title. So transformative leadership can be experienced and, uh, and, and practiced no matter where you are in your personal life. Uh, you know, if you're a frontline employee or if you're CEO of a company. And to me, there are a couple of elements to transformative leadership. The first thing is truly committing yourself to a cause and declaring yourself to be the one that is solely and unconditionally com- accountable to create that outcome. So I'm the one, I am responsible, and here's a bold declaration that I'm making, uh, and I'm committed to it. That's, that's the first thing. The other element, then, of course, is to energize and, and, and enroll and involve others uh, in, in a common vision that, that they are excited about, that right. they actually choose to be committed to and actively engaged in making happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So that's how I define transformative leadership. Right. Great. And, and I know in your book and I, and I really love the part about the commitment, um, I've used probably throughout my career, I've used a different word and, and I, I want to talk to you about that word and see if you agree. I, I've used an ownership word, right? And really what I mean by there, it, it sounds similar to w- the way you're defining this commitment of when, when I'm going after a project or a goal, and especially when it's a goal that that is large enough that I need a team to help me accomplish that goal, then I'm going to there's another book out there. It's called extreme ownership. It's a great book, but I'm going to apply ownership to that. I own the, the, the result of achieving that goal. And to your point, I, I want to do everything that I can to energize and motivate and influence other people to follow me, to go with me in accomplishing that goal. And, and so it may be that our, our, our listeners have heard the word ownership in their careers or in their teams and I think we're talking about the same thing when we say owning something versus or and also committing to that that outcome. You are the sole responsible for person for that outcome. Absolutely. I think everybody sort of needs to uh, find a word that resonates with them. As I speak to a variety of organizations, I always do a lot of work up front to see uh, what sort of what's going on with them so I can present the idea in terms that make sense for them. So I think, you know, ownership and commitment, as you're describe it, or describing it, is basically they're, they're along the same lines. Right. I own it. I'm committed. I'm accountable. Right. Yeah. And, and I know the second part of your, your definition there is kind of this energizing others. Um, I like to, I, I've kind of created my own working definition of leadership, if you will. And that's where I, I build all of my content around that. And, and my definition of leadership is influencing others towards a shared goal. And I use the word influencing others very, very carefully there, because I, I certainly believe that leadership requires others. Uh, someone's got to be following you for you to be leading and now, again, that's not title-based, but uh, it's influence-based. And influence also carries with it this uh, this notion of uh, it's voluntary, right? It's not fear-based or obligation-based, but it's a voluntary reaction by those following you to be influenced by you towards that shared goal. And it sounds like you're you're energizing others and motivating others towards that goal is is very much in alignment with my influencing others towards that goal. It is because the, the words that I use is that they, we want them to choose, uh, as, as like you say, the volu- on a voluntary basis, choose to be committed because yeah. it's, it's sometimes easy to sort of influence people to, to comply. Uh, because of certain rewards or certain consequences, uh, but we're, we we want to go beyond compliance. Mm-hmm. We want them to actually offer up their commitment on a voluntary basis. You're absolutely right. Gotcha. Now, what I want to kind of lead us into here then is, well, what can this being a transformative leader mean for our team? And I think your your book very early on does a really good job of describing the HCC, and I'll let you describe what that means, but. I'd like for you to share with the audience, um, you know, this transformative leadership, what type of culture or atmosphere can it build within a team and, and why is that important? Yeah, you know, what I always tell people is that, you know, I have not met a leader out there who says we want to be a mediocre organization. Everybody wants to be a high-performance high organization. Of course, yes. However, 
right? However, the process of be becoming a high-performance organization requires you to create the right culture uh, that, that produces those results and that kind of fulfillment and all of that. And that is what I call a high-commitment culture or a HCC. And uh, in, in the book, I uh, go over 34 different uh, distinctions between a traditional environment and, an, and a high-commitment culture. And I also talk about how sometimes leaders can practice uh, sort of uh, counterfeit leadership and create something that on the surface looks like a high-commitment culture, but it really is not. Uh, but just to go over a, a few of those, if I could, sure. uh, what I would say is, you know, there again, there are 34. I'll just pick a, a few to talk about. You know, in a traditional environment, there are the haves and the have-nots. We've all been in those situations where there are silos and we know who's the favorite person and who always gets the opportunities and all of that. Whereas in a high-commitment culture, you know, everybody is, is valued and, and engaged at, mm -hmm. at all levels of the organization. Uh, you know, in a, in a uh, traditional environment, we manage by rules. There's a rule for everything, mm -hmm. and it's easy to manage by rules, but it's not very effective. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a high-commitment culture, we have principles that are established, and then we make decisions by using those principles as, you know, guideposts. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's, again, several of these that we can dig into as appropriate. But, uh, again, there, there are a lot of differences. Uh, one, one final one I'll perhaps mention is, you know, in a traditional environment, the disagreements are frowned upon. Mm -hmm. and, and basically the arguments are always won by those in positions of power. Right. Uh, but in a high-commitment culture, differences of opinion are celebrated and, and we capitalize on them. It doesn't have to be that the boss always wins the argument. So yeah, those no, are just a few. Yeah. And I, it's just so um, profound that this HCC, this high commitment culture and the performance impact that it has on a team uh, to your point, when no one wants to be mediocre um, and the only way to get, to move the standard higher in terms of performance is, is commitment. And when you can create this culture, this team culture where, you know, everyone's committed, we talked about the transformative leader earlier and, you, you know, you shared language like, uh, you know, being the, the one person solely committed to a result, to, to an outcome, to achieving a goal, but you're influencing those others, right? You're energizing those others to uh, almost an equal level of commitment. And when you now have a team, right? A, a full team, if you will, and that can be two or that could be 20, but now you have that team that are all committed to the same thing and high levels of commitment, almost a, whatever it takes to get it done type of commitment. Uh, and now you, you know, you have a highly performing team, no matter what the goal is, no matter what the task is, your team is performing, uh, at a very high level of achieving that. So it's a really, really yep. profound concept to have in your team. Yeah, it absolutely makes uh, makes a difference. The, the one thing I want to share uh, here is that sometimes what happens is as we uh, try to influence others to have the same level of commitment as we have, and uh, perhaps we don't exactly see signs of that, we get frustrated, yeah. right? And, and, and so I think what's important here is that you maintain your 100% accountability and yeah. commitment 
while you try to influence others. In other words, my level of commitment is not conditional based on yours. Right. And yours is not conditional based on mine because this is how sort of things fall apart. Mm-hmm. We go into a project, we go into an initiative, we're all gung-ho, and we all commit, and we walk out of there. I'm looking at you going, like, you committed to 100%, but it looks like you're only in 90%. So I drop down to 80, and then you see that, and you drop right. down to 70. Right. And this is where things kind of fall apart. No, that's a very good point, Amir. And, you know, just my nature, I'm I'm a very competitive person. Uh, and so, uh, and especially as a leader in a situation like that, I tend to take on the attitude of, I challenge you to be more committed to this than I am. Uh, you know, a lot of people, mm. a lot of questions come to me around this, this level of commitment. How can I, how can I ensure my team is uh, more committed? And I've even had leaders ask me, how can I ensure that my team members are more committed than, to, than me? And my response to that is you can't, you have to, you, if you're the leader, you have to be the most committed and again, that competitive nature in me tends to come out and, you know, to the point you were just make, making, instead of me lowering my standard of commitment because I see other team members doing that, I tend to raise it higher and then place the challenge. I challenge you to be more committed to this than me because then that has the opposite effect. When they raise their commitment, well, now I've got to raise my commitment. Um and yeah. so, uh, yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal uh, uh, statement there. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit directly to some of our audience members that might be asking, well, what about me? Can I be a transformative leader? So what's your thoughts on uh, leadership in general, but also specifically transformative leader? Can anyone be a transformative leader? Absolutely, yes. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we look up in our organizations and we see uh, our bosses and we feel like, sure, that guy can be a transformative leader because he's the boss. But let's keep in mind that even that person has a boss. Mm-hmm. So we could all really kind of make a, a case that, hey, I'm not the, the person who has a blank check for everything. So we could just kind of take ourselves out of the game. By the same token, we can all say, look, I can start with whatever influence I have. And if I focus on what I can influence, then I can expand that influence. And before you know it, my own experience has been that other people uh, take notice and they're going to want some of that. And, and next thing you know, uh, you've really started a movement. Mm-hmm. In fact, really, if you think about movements, if you think about all the uh, prominent, most prominent social changes that have occurred in history. They never started, they hardly ever started with one person who uh, was elected to kind of make that social change happen. It, right. it, it all started with someone who said, hey, you know what, I'm not okay with the status quo. And then uh, they took some steps and a bunch of people started following them. And that's what happened. So my encouragement to uh, your listeners uh, would be that no matter where you are, no matter what your title is, you know, get excited about a certain outcome and begin to, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, exercise your muscles, if you will, of trying to influence that. What can I do? In fact, in my book, as you know, I have a a transformation blueprint Mm -hmm. 
that you know uh, has like ten questions that says, "Look, this is where I want to start. I, I want to answer all these questions. What kind of uh, outcome am I looking for? How would I measure it? Who do I need to influence, and all that?" Get clear for yourself, and then begin to uh, chip away at what you can do, and don't worry about the fact that you don't have a big title on a whole or a whole bunch of authority. Right. Very good. Well, I, I want to lead from that into so with this recognition that anyone can be a transformative leader, I want to lead into uh, kind of answering the question that, that might be in the minds of some of, well, what do I need to do? What steps do I need to take and so forth? And I'll, so I want to allow you to speak into that, but I want to, if I can answer the f- very first part of that question, you know, what, what do leaders need to do to begin to create, you know, become a transformative leader? Well, the first step is to get this book right? The transformative leader. So again, head over to uh, the show notes for the podcast here. There'll be a link there where you can go and, and get the book. So I would submit that that's the first step to becoming a transformative leader. But uh, Amir, in your own words, if you could just share with our audience, what are uh, some other steps that leaders can begin to do to become a transformative leader? Sure, and, and I, I, I certainly appreciate your recommendation there on, on the book, and there's certainly a lot of stuff in the book. What, I, what I'll tell you is uh, my experience, Michael, has been that uh, basically developing yourself into a transformative leader has a couple of categories of uh, work that needs to be done. And the first one that I would say you got to start with is personal transformation. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, everybody wants to transform the world, but uh, hardly anybody wants to transform themselves. Right. We look out there and say, okay, here's what's wrong with the world or my coworkers or my systems and my employer or whatever. But look, the way that you can increase your influence is begin to look at yourself. I teach about these, what I call seven hidden saboteurs right. of success mm-hmm. and fulfillment. These things that are holding us back. Uh, for example, Um, You know, the first one is what I just said, not declaring yourself the barrier and constantly looking out there for the answer to all your problems. The the second one is, you know, like, how are you showing up? Like a a lot of times, essentially, we want to influence something or transform something. But the way we're showing up is we're showing up as a victim, as a helpless person, as somebody who's hopeless, somebody who's dragging themselves to work in hope making it through another day and all that. Well, you know what? That kind of person cannot really change anything mm-hmm. unless you begin to generate yourself and, and that sort of thing. Uh, there's just a couple of other things I'll mention about these seven hidden saboteurs and the, the corresponding habits that I teach. Uh, you know, it's like, what do you know to be true? We make a lot of assumptions. I, I've heard in my career uh, I don't know, countless times that, oh, yeah, we tried that in 1972. It didn't work. Or, right. oh, yeah, I've worked with this kind of person before. I know how this movie ends. It's like, look, all these assumptions that we're carrying with us, we've got to really sort of challenge our assumptions because some of those are no longer true and they're yeah. holding us back. So, again, there are a host of things that go into the category of personal transformation. Right. Uh, figure out how you are sabotaging yourself. So that's kind of the first step that I would recommend. Excellent. Excellent. Well, having kind of so strongly recommended the book to my audience, there's a part of the book that, that I want you and I to discuss and talk through just to ensure that it doesn't uh, confuse my audience and, and so that they don't feel like that you and I are contradicting one another because a primary teaching of mine is the golden rule of leadership golden rule of leadership, meaning treat others the way you would want to be treated. 
Uh, and I know that you have a, a lesson in, in the book. I believe it's lesson number nine, maybe. Uh, and you refer to what I've often heard called the platinum rule, which is uh-huh. treat others the way they would want to be treated. And you talk a lot about communication and how uh, people receive communications differently. And so, therefore, we as leaders, we have to communicate in different ways so that we ensure that the different team members uh, receive that communication. But talk to the audience a little bit more about what you mean by this treat others the way they would want to be treated. I think your teaching and mine are absolutely very much in line. I am a huge fan of the golden rule when it comes to uh, knowing, you know, but if I know, for example, with absolute certainty that if I don't want to be lied to, the same is true for other people. Right. If I want to be empowered and given information that I need to do my job, the same is true with others. So in that sense, I want to treat them the way I want to be treated. And that's a, a really great guidepost to go on. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I want to mention about, you know, what's often referred to as the platinum rule, do unto others as they want to be done unto them, is that, you know, when you think about any rule, there's the, the letter of the rule and then there's the spirit of the rule. Correct. Uh, so in, in some cases, you know, uh, if my wife's birthday is coming up, and, uh, and I just know that I wish that somebody would buy me a Zoom lens for my birthday. I'm not going to do unto her. If I go by the letter of the rule, I would go buy her a Zoom lens, and this is not going to end very well uh, because <laughs> that's not what she wants. But right. if I go by the spirit of the, the golden rule, then it's like, look, if I want somebody to buy me something I want, then I should buy her something she wants. Mm -hmm. And this is where sort of the communication preferences come in. You know, I facilitate uh, DISC assessments and workshops and all of that. And I find that to be very helpful when people get a, uh, get an idea of what their own preference is in terms of communication or treatment and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. what other people's treatment are is then they, they really get to treat others as those people want to be treated. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that description, uh, Amir. And, you know, I, I just wanted to talk through this again so that my audience isn't confused. Well, wait a minute, Michael here, he teaches the golden rule and here, Amir, he's teaching the platinum rule. And, and, and just in complete transparency in your book, you give tremendous respect and so forth to, to the golden rule as, as you just did. And, and you know, I agree with you and it, it, it's different contexts, right? So a lot yeah. of my teaching well, actually, the development of the golden rule actually came from, uh, for me, uh, questions that were coming to me from uh, insecure, uncertain leaders. And it's almost always a question in the form of, how would you deal with a situation where blank, right? You know, fill in the blank. Uh, mm. You know, you got a high performer that's killing morale with the rest of the team, or, you you know, you got a difficult conversation to have. How would you deal with that situation and I just kept turning the question back to them. Well, how would you want to be treated in that situation? And they'll throw out terms like, well, privately and with dignity. And I would want it to be, you know, clear. And okay, well, the answer is, well, you deal with the situation the exact same way that you would want to be treated in that situation, right? So for me, the golden rule is really just a, a general principle. And the spirit of it, as you so well articulated, the spirit of it is to enable a young leader to uh, confidently go into some of the more challenging situations that you'll face as a leader and know that you're doing right by that situation and right by that person because you're behaving in a way that you would want to be treated. 
and then and yeah. and then in other situations like communication and and I love the disc assessment as well you're going to communicate differently because you know that person prefers to be communicated to in a different way uh so i think there's a cliche you, you got to say it seven times seven different ways uh, well that's because people receive that information in different ways and so you've got to treat them the way they would want to be treated in that situation um Yes. So, so for instance, awesome. in the disc survey, the, the high D, well, I'm just going to communicate a bullet list to him. Uh, whereas the others, I'm going to communicate totally differently. Right? So really appreciate yes. you covering yes. that as well. No problem. So, so you have a, a part in very early in your book that just resonates with me so, so well. Uh, one, because I'm very, very guilty of it. And two, because I, I preach this a lot as well. I'm one of those people that uh, I can read a book or I can take a course, or I can do some some learning of some sort. And there's a this switch, if you will, in my mind that says, well, I learned that, or I read that, that's enough. And I just kind of stop there, and I don't actually put it into action. And and I teach, you know, that you've got to put these principles into action, or, you know, learning them is just not enough. And you very early in your book kind of addressed this. And so I just I would just ask you to address the listeners today and say, you know, what would you say to those listeners that are hearing about a transformative leader, hearing about your book? Maybe they're going to go get it and read it. But then the thought in their mind is, this is really, really good stuff. I will apply this one day. I'll apply it someday. Or maybe when I have the right title, I'll do this. What would you say to those individuals? You know, we have all uh, practiced or, or experienced that to some extent, I would imagine. You know, my my own someday list is so long that if someday it gets here, it better be six months long because there's a lot of stuff to do in that someday, right? Right. But when I examine those things that are on my someday list, I really, when I'm honest with myself, I say, well, you know what? Those are things that I say I want and I want, I'm committed to, but I'm really not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say it because it sounds good, like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I want to, you know, one day get the garage cleaned out, and one day I want to go get my PhD or whatever. And it's just not going to happen if I'm not committed to it. So, uh, you know, often we have this illusion that once we acquire the, the knowledge, uh, then we are like 80% of the day, uh, way there. And, and that we all know in our heart of hearts, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at a, at a conference a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, actually, it was, and uh, the, a, a lady was talking about sort of health and exercise and all that. She asked the question, she said, how many of you have heard that exercise, uh, exercising three times a week is really good for you? And just about everybody raised their hand. And uh, how many of you have heard that, uh, believe that it's actually good for you personally? Right. It would It would make a difference for you. And most hands went up. And so, uh, then the next question was, well, how many of you have, have thought about actually doing that someday? A lot of hands went up. Right. And then how many of you are actually doing it? Well, only a few hands went up, right? Of course. So we all know that uh, exercise is good, eating right is good, and treating people right is good. But you got to begin to take some baby steps. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not willing to take a giant leap, I think what gives you some momentum is – you, you you learn a little, put it in action, see how it applies for you, see how it uh, really makes a difference. And once you get a couple of victories under your belt, you'll see that you'll build that momentum. 
you know, rather than just going for this lofty thing, say, you know what, I'm going to read all of this book, and then at some point I'm going to go apply all of it. No, you learn something today, just go practice with it, like right, right now. See how it feels. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point because I can also get into that mode of I need to learn it all, see the big picture, and then I'll go try to start applying it. But uh, I think you're very well articulated. No, just just learn something small. Go do that. And while you're doing that, then you learn the next thing or more and then begin to apply that as well. Love that teaching. Yeah, Michael, uh, thank you so much. And, and I know you know this about the way I've laid out the, the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing I want to mention is a lot of the traditional kind of leadership teaching has to do with what you should go do and not do, right. which is really great. There's time and place for that. But what I've discovered is a lot of times the reason we're not actually taking action on what we already know is that, again, something is in the way. And, yeah. and, and what I do is, you know, I have these 21 point lessons mm-hmm. and they're all kind of bite-sized lessons but at the end i i included uh, you know some reflection questions and some recommended follow-up actions uh, because my struggle honestly the the greatest struggle struggle that i had in putting this book together was because was that i had i was used to uh, you know talking to people whether it was one-to-one or small groups or large groups and getting some interaction mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't want to write a book that says, here's your prescription to, right. to happiness or to leadership. So this was my way of saying, look, this is the idea. Now, I'm going to ask you these four or five reflection questions so you can bring it into your life. And I'm going to give you some recommended follow-up actions, baby steps that you can go take immediately to put it in action. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's important. Yeah, love that. I definitely love that. And I, and I, I like that format of your book as well uh, because – it's very intentional. You can see it on the page. It's very intentional that you're driving the reader to action and not simply just learning. Uh, so really appreciate that about your book. Well, Amir, I, you know, we, we've dove into a number of aspects of the book and transformative leader, but I want to leave you with a little bit of the opportunity as well. If there, if there's a concept or something in the book or, or maybe even in your podcast, uh, that you would like to share with the audience, I want to leave that with you. Is there anything we didn't cover uh, here that you, you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, 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 the thing that I would uh, mention is uh, I want to make sure that if somebody's listening to this podcast and whether they say I'm going to buy the book or, or I'm going to do it someday or, or, or if they just ordered it and they're just waiting for it to show up, I would say, you know, start like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, what I call uh, the life lessons from a, a GPS. You know, as you know, this this is I think is a good place to start. Where right. get clear on what you're committed to, whether it's personally, professionally, in certain aspects of your work or whatever. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, sort of focus on an outcome that you can get really excited about, and then. Think about the most important step you can take immediately, because oftentimes, even when we envision a a bold future that we're going to go after, uh, we talk ourselves out of it because we're sitting here going, well, geez, I got to do this and I got to do that. I don't know how that's going to turn out. It's kind of like trying to drive from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast, and it's foggy, and you're trying to turn on your bright lights just so you can see the whole way out. And and like, look... the fog is not going to, you know, uh, that's not going to work out for you. Right. All you need is fog lights that says, what is the immediate next step I want to take yes. to make this happen? And, and then 
develop, you know, look at your own mindset to say, if I want to take that step, what sort of mindset do I want to have? What sort of attitude do I want to have to be most effective at taking that step? I think if everybody takes responsibility for going through these and then begin to discuss these things that you're excited about in small groups and have somebody else hold you accountable or help you sort of be accountable uh, for those steps, that's a great start like right now. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that, Amira. I, I couldn't have said it better. Again, it's about action. You, you lead with action. You don't lead with knowledge or wisdom uh, or thinking. You lead with action. And, and for those that are listening, you, you've just heard it right from uh, Amir. I assure you, you're going to read it in his book. You've got to go and take that action. So Amir, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that. Um, I'd, I'd love to for you to share also with the audience, what is the best way that this audience can connect with you and, and the other works that you're doing, even in addition to your book? Thank you, Michael. Uh, the best way is to just go to our website. It's called the Ganad And I know you'll have it in the show notes, but Ganad yep. is spelled G-H-A-N-N-A-D. So the Ganad And while you're there, you can just uh, browse through. I've got, uh, I don't know, hundreds of blog posts and mm-hmm. podcasts and, uh, and that sort of thing. But I also have a free gift that's available on my website. You can download uh, a, um, a guide. It's an ebook that, that outlines five steps to making a culture transformation stick. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for the leaders with a title, but, but anybody in the organization can use it. And I've also included a five-part audio series with that. So if you sign up for that, uh, you'll, you'll get that for free. And I hope that'll get you on the uh, right foot. And, and right there, if you send an email to info at the uh, we will definitely get back to you just as soon as possible, normally uh, less than 24 hours. If, you, uh, if there's anything we can do for you. Wonderful. Thanks, Amir, for, for sharing that and, and offering that content to the leaders. Uh, I'm, I'm certain that uh, they will benefit from it. Yeah, the other thing that uh, we are really excited about, uh, Michael, is that we are about to launch a membership site where, uh, you know, people or leaders of various level uh, can uh, basically subscribe to this membership site uh, for a nominal fee and, and continue to receive not just updates and blog posts and all of that, but in an interactive fashion, uh, material that is uh, essentially focused on the part of the journey that they're in. Uh, so we have five different levels, and incidentally, the first one uh, is, is called Rookie, uh, then we've got like team player, and we've got uh, superstar, and, and it goes all the way to, to legend. Oh, wow. and, and so we're really excited about releasing this um, in, uh, in the sort of March-April time frame. And so if your listeners go to my website and sign up for, uh, you know, to receive the, uh, the free ebook and the audio series, we will also uh, send them a, a notification uh, about the availability of that membership site and they get to choose to uh, partake or, or not. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that with the audience as well, Amir. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of utilizing the resources that are available out there for the purpose of leadership development. I believe that leadership development is the, you know, it's, it's overlooked in the corporate world so much, but I see it as the single 
you know, development skill that you can enhance that, that makes you scalable, right? You can, you can learn the technical ins and outs of your career, but that's career survival. If you want career advancement, if you want it to, to scale, you've got to learn leadership. And I just thank you so much for making that membership site available. Uh, and, and I know that when it goes live, you'll let everyone know. So I highly encourage the audience to take advantage of that as well. Thank you, Mike. Amir, again, uh, as I said earlier, I'm honored to have you on the Rookie Leaders podcast. I'm a big fan of your podcast and your book, and it's just an honor uh, for me to have you on the show. But I'll just also say, having spent time with you, myself, as well as the audience, we're better for it. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Pleasure's mine. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Michael. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it, my friends. My interview with Amir Ganad. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you uh, found great value in that. Again, just a credible, incredible teacher of leadership. Highly recommend his uh, content and resources that he has. Again, you can find the show notes over at rookieleaders.com. Rookieleaders.com. You can find the show notes and the link over to uh, Amir's website, theganadgroup.com. You'll find the link there in the show notes today, rookieleaders.com. Again, I'll remind you find more great leadership content, credibleleaders.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Also, I'd ask you to rate and review the podcast over in the Apple Podcast Player. Um, That just helps us uh, show up in searches and so forth. So really value your rating and review in the Apple Podcast Player there as well. And be sure you share the podcast. As always, I'm going to ask you to share the podcast with other friends, family, coworkers, colleagues that you know could use some leadership development as well. I need to also make you aware that we have a YouTube channel. You can find the video recording of this podcast as well as some other great leadership tips on our YouTube channel. You'll find a link to the YouTube channel again at uh, uh, rookieleaders.com. Uh, you can find the show notes there and find a link to our uh, our YouTube channel there. And don't forget about the Credible Leadership Resource Guide. The Credible Leadership Resource Guide can be found at rookieleaders.com. There's a link up at the top. This is a free resource to you, 30 years of leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth resources that we're making available to you. This is going to be a go-to resource guide for you, free of charge. Head over to rookieleaders.com. You'll find the link at the top there in the show notes. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you got great value from my interview with Amir. Until we speak again, be blessed and lead well. Rookie Leaders podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcast episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you liked this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.